Natural disasters. We always talk about their devastating power. The destruction left in their trail. But what about those left to pick up the pieces? The survivors. Today we sit around the fire and recount survivor stories. First-hand accounts. Survivors of life-altering events. Turn up the volume and settle in. take a look at an historic weather event that happened this week. The 1974 super outbreak of tornadoes was one of the largest and most violent in U.S. history. Wayne 15 meteorologist Nathan Gidley looks back at its local impact. Yes, yeah, now been 48 years since this large and deadly tornado outbreak that included northeast Indiana and northwest Ohio. Known as the super outbreak, this would have been day two of this event back in 1974. 148 tornadoes occurred in a 24-hour period from 1 p.m. on April 3rd to 1 p.m. on April 4th. About 2,500 miles of tornadoes were on the ground as this event unfolded, and the toll was quite staggering here. Over 300 were killed, over 6,000 were injured, 27,500 families were disrupted, and take a look at those damages, adding up to around $600 million. Account 1. From user The Colbrin. The super outbreak of 1974 remains one of the most severe convective weather episodes of record in the continental United States. I was 14 and we had a small horse farm in Northeast Ohio. We lived in a brick post Civil War era farmhouse. White painted board fencing around the house, eight stall, two story Amish built barn and divided 20 acres in the back, same board fencing. My mother kept me home that day and I remember just wanting to get on my horse and ride. But mom said she had a funny feeling and wanted me to stick close to home. It was hard because it was a beautiful morning. So I helped her with a few chores, fed the animals. And by that afternoon, I was sitting on a big grassy lawn to the side of the house, tossing a ball to my dog. It was oppressively hot and humid and very still. I remember mom kept coming out on the back porch and looking off to the west. She was making me nervous, but I didn't say anything and neither did she. Later, I learned that she didn't want to scare me. As I was sitting there in the grass with my dog, I remember that this shockingly cold little gust of air swirled around me, lifting the little hairs on my arms with goosebumps. When I looked at my arm, I realized the light had changed. I looked around in a wonder because the light was so clarified and vibrant. 
sort of greenish amber in color. The blades of grass and leaves on the trees looked stunningly brilliant. As I was looking at this big maple tree, a sudden cold air swirl hit hard enough that the leaves on one side of the tree all turned up. Two things happened at that moment. My mom came outside and to the southwest, we both saw a wall of dark greenish black clouds. Then everything happened at once. She said, come with me and put the horses out quick. So we ran to the barn and turned the horses out. Then she had me gallop my appy to the back gate and open it so they were basically just free. I galloped back to her and released him after removing his halter. Then we ran back to the house. At some point or another, she had opened the outside cellar doors, and I was able to call my dog to me as we ran down the cellar stairs. When I got into the cellar, I realized that she had prepared while I was outside playing. There were pillows, blankets, flashlights, milk jugs full of drinking water, and a cooler with snack food, all tucked into the corner. This was amazing to me as we didn't have any tornado warnings and there were no sirens anywhere at the time. But people in my family have great instincts, so maybe I wasn't as surprised as some would be. I was looking out the high cellar window through which you could see the outside up out of the window well. I saw it coming up through the backfield. It was almost as wide at the base as it was at the top and black as coal and it was twisting and hopping. By that time, it was so damn loud that we couldn't hear each other screaming. If you want to hear what it sounded like, here is audio. Turn it up loud for full effect. Thankfully, it did one of those hops, and so just removed half of the roof. But by then, my mother and I were kind of wrapped around each other with blankets and pillows surrounding us. Regardless of that, I ended up with splinters of wood in my scalp, face, and upper arms from where the cellar windows sucked out. And wood from the barn, along with a bunch of other chewed-up pieces of God knows what that came into the cellar. I even had mud and sawdust splinters in my mouth piercing my tongue. I should have kept that shut, but I couldn't help but scream until the air got sucked out of my lungs and I couldn't breathe there for a while, let alone scream. I couldn't have heard it by then anyway. After a point, my ears felt like there were railroad spikes jammed into them. What I was breathing was the house. I remember a flash of seeing the ceiling, which would be the kitchen floor, kind of bowing upwards, bulging up as it turned out. The kitchen floor lost most of the tile, silverware, dishes, etc., but our hand towels were still hanging on the little cupboard door rack. 
Mom threw them away anyway because of the mud and other unmentionable things we found in the house afterward. We lost all of our windows and part of the roof, part of the hundred-year-old barn roof and some fencing, but we were still alive. We had a trench dug through part of our fields, and some trees were completely knocked over, and some things, horse tack, tools, were gone forever, never to be found. So eventually I went to the hospital. Someone came to check on us and took us there, and I got plucked, as I will forever refer to it. Ever see a video of a dog getting porcupine quills removed? Not quite that bad. Worse was getting iodine scrubbed to prevent gas pocket infection where the splinters and abrasions were. I had abrasions on my legs, but I really have no idea how. You see, after a tornado has been up for a while, it has killed animals and people. And the remainders of that and manure and ground up asphalt is all mixed in. It can generate a hellacious infection, but anyway. I didn't feel so bad knowing my mother was getting the same treatment in the next cubby. And the horses were okay, but the chickens weren't. But I still can't walk into a lumber yard or eat with a wooden spoon without feeling like I am gagging. Account 2 from User Camo Horse A few things to note before the story. I'm a 17-year-old girl visiting the farm my grandpa grew up on. Currently, his brother and brother's wife live on the farm in a manufactured trailer home while the old farmhouse has just been renovated and rid of mold last year. My grandpa and my little brother are staying in that old farmhouse while my bedroom was put in the manufactured home. I don't like storms, and no matter how modern and nice the manufactured home is, I won't stay in it during bad weather. But I guess it's pretty solid. Still, I'd rather be in a house with a basement and concrete foundation than a manufactured house, although the house is actually heavily secured and safe. I'm actually scared of thunderstorms. I live out on the Colorado Plains and have seen plenty of tornadoes and other scary weather in my life, but never have I experienced a storm quite like last night's. Severe storms were almost certain last night, according to the NWS and other weather news networks. While the storms will be pretty mundane tonight, last night they were anything but. Humid air and strong updrafts fed the storms exactly what they needed to be scary. In eastern Montana and parts of western South Dakota, huge, mile-wide tornadoes were spawned from the storms. Also, gallon-sized hail was reported for some parts of Montana, North and South Dakota, as well as high winds, heavy rain, and whatever else makes weather from hell. I was sitting in the main room of the old house, waiting for whatever was coming to come and go. The skies in the evening were black and green to the west, and I noticed several strong shelf clouds, some of which were trying to lower and rotate with the storm front. It looked pretty nasty, so I prepared for a long night in the farmhouse, including bringing sheets, pillows, chargers, and a Wi-Fi hotspot so I could keep a close eye on the storm. I was actually pretty scared, but I swallowed my fear, said a prayer, and set myself up in the main room for whatever would happen. I could see the basement door from the living room couch, which was no more than 15 feet away. If I had to, I promised myself to go down into the basement. For a long time, not a lot happened. I was able to help Grandpa clean some fish in the kitchen 
get some food from the manufactured house, and do my CF treatments long before the storm arrived. I have a disease called cystic fibrosis. Feel free to look it up. I even got some schoolwork and writing done. I had the window just behind me open to let in some cool air into the hot farmhouse. Around midnight, as I was reading some scary true stories on Reddit, I know not the best idea for a night like that. I heard what sounded like a commercial jet flying just a few hundred feet overhead, and a very strong, very cold gust of wind blew past my shoulders and slapped me with the curtains. I jumped so high I nearly smashed my knees below the table, and I immediately turned around and pulled the window shut. My grandpa was woken up by this sudden gust of wind and had rushed to close the windows in the kitchen. I joined him as the winds only worsened. They were headed straight east. The trees to the north of the house were bent at 90 degree angles and I swear I saw stuff flying by the window. I was scared, but I didn't show it. In fact, I was a bit intrigued, so I decided to try and let my curious nerd side of me override my fear. I made myself feel better by opening up the basement door just to let my irrational doubts know that there was an underground shelter. Shortly after that, the power flickered and cut out, so I quickly unplugged my electronics, plugged my grandpa's phone into my laptop so I wouldn't lose my Wi-Fi, and put all of my electronics on the coffee table next to the couch. Using the light from my screens, I made a makeshift bed on the couch out of the pillows and sheets I brought put on a long-sleeved motocross jersey to protect against any bugs, and laid down to watch the radar on my laptop, all the while listening to the violent winds outside under some Hank Williams country music. The lightning was constant, so I kept an eye on the sheds and trees outside and said to myself, if anything falls or goes flying, I'm getting underground. The rain was blowing in sheets across the ground, and it was so heavy I could barely see the tractor parked outside just 15 yards away. The large trees out front were blowing sideways nearly to the point of breaking, and I could see the wind and the rain attempting to lift the roof right off of the tractor shed. I worried about the manufactured house, where my great aunt and distant cousin were staying in. I also worried about my dirt bike, which was parked in the garage right next to the window I was watching all this go down through. I distrusted the sturdiness of that shed, even though it was made in layers of wood, metal, and steel siding. I laid down and closed my eyes briefly, and it felt like I immediately opened them up again because the lights were back on. My laptop said it was 3.30 a.m. and the storm had started to quiet down. I sighed with the most relief I've felt in forever, shut down my electronics, and dimmed the lights. I woke up at about 4 a.m. to three mosquitoes on my right cheek, which was the only skin exposed. I swatted them off and put on a bandana I had brought for my motocross adventures and used the sleeve of a hoodie to cover my eyes and forehead, leaving only my nostrils partially exposed. I figured if any mosquito was willing to get some blood from my nostrils, it deserved a medal because I was breathing fast and hard from some pretty gnarly anxiety. The next morning, I woke up feeling pretty horrible. I sweated coldly all night, and my breathing was rough from fear. It was early in the morning, so I got up and figured I'd go to sleep in my bedroom in the cold manufactured house, if it was still there. I half-slept, walked to the house, which was still standing and in great condition. I only noticed two plastic lawn chairs were missing and one steel chair tipped over. 
the nice farm cat called Gus, was laying in one of the unaffected lawn chairs, meowing for pets. I ignored him, stumbled inside, and went to sleep in my room. I intended to sleep for just a couple hours, but I nearly slept for five extra hours. Luckily, nothing was planned for today, so I just did my morning routine at one in the afternoon. I ate my breakfast while my great aunt and grandpa ate lunch. My grandpa and great aunt were talking about the storm with me, asking how I did. I told them I was concerned and even a bit scared, but I knew the way to the basement so I knew where to go if I felt absolutely terrified. As it turns out, the storm that came through was the worst storm by far in 80 years. The winds were steady at 80 miles per hour, with up to 120 miles per hour wind gusts in our area. And these winds didn't even start to subside until an hour after the first strong gust hit. That's why I could still hear the trees howling at 3.30 a.m. But what sent shivers down my spine was that the angel of death was active last night. Not only did farmers lose lots of livestock and crops, but a friend of a friend died in it. I find it hard to feel bad for him, but I still pity his family. The idiot decided to camp even though there were storm warnings everywhere, especially warning people not to camp. The guy had gone out into the storm, probably trying to flee, and his camper was picked up, blown over onto him. And if the impact didn't kill him instantly, being dragged several yards into the lake with his mangled camper did. But even if he did somehow avoid the camper, the winds were so strong that they would have blown even the strongest man off his feet. So no one in a camper or outside had a good chance of escaping unharmed. Luckily, the damage done to our farm was minimal. I spent only 10 minutes with my cousin picking up branches. I also found a bucket and a container of kitty litter in the ditch. Our lawn chairs were also located and brought back, but not a single shingle or piece of anything was found. My great aunt said she didn't even feel the walls of her house shake, which is pretty amazing considering the wind was blowing broadside against it. I didn't notice much movement either, so here I am now, beaming with pride about having survived such a storm so calmly. The rest of the trip looks pretty quiet, so that'll be nice for hanging out and having fun. Just remember guys, when in doubt, find some good shelter and wait it out. Don't panic, don't be stupid. Be prepared with emergency storm kits and Wi-Fi coverage on fully charged phones and electronics, and make sure you can watch it safely. Storms are pretty cool to watch if you're safe, but don't watch it if you aren't in a safe place. Everything in a storm can and will try to kill you.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.